Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, today is the second Tuesday of the month, which means it's time for Feeling Great with Lissa and Nate of Raw Food Romance. And today they're going to make the world's best raw vegan lasagna please welcome them back to episode 12 how are you guys happy new year happy new year yes happy new year we are so excited we are doing great yes and really ex- we're really excited for this meal because we, we haven't made for food i don't think we've made the lasagna probably in like maybe a year yeah yeah so this is going to be really fun super delicious we're so excited for dinner. <laughs> that is so cool because like I remember, I, do you guys remember Roxanne's restaurant in Larkspur? I don't know. I don't think we'd be the- Oh, you guys, you you young people. She was a very <laughs> talented raw food chef. We went to the same culinary school, Living Life Culinary Arts Institute. And it was like a four month wait. She was written up in the LA Times. And that was like the signature dish. And even people that aren't raw, raw lasagna is just so yummy, you know? It's so good. It is so good. And of course, you know, we have all kinds of nuts and seeds here that we're going to be putting in it. So that adds to the deliciousness of it. Yum. What we did was we kind of laid out things already, you know, so something that I always like to showcase is how fast it is to make certain dishes. It doesn't take a lot of time. But as you see, we have all all kinds of stuff laid out here, ready to go, you know, stuff for our cheese, stuff for our pesto and stuff for the marinara. So it should go pretty quick. Um, you know, but if you were doing this, just grabbing stuff out of the fridge, this shouldn't take too long. I'm thinking like maybe around 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad for raw food, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we're also going to make two different kinds. Um, we usually, most raw lasagna, lasagnas are made with zucchini as the noodle. Um, but I personally really like cucumber as the noodle. So we're going to make both. And the zucchini ones, we're going to actually put into the dehydrator to dehydrate for a couple hours for our dinner lasagna. So it's kind of a bonus way to do the lasagna. So good. Yeah, having the cucumber is super delicious. And of course, if you're doing the cucumber, you want to eat it right away. It doesn't dehydrate and and, uh, you don't have the same effect if you dehydrate the cucumber uh, as the noodle. But the zucchini as the noodle, really, it starts to soften up and it's almost like i don't know not it doesn't really it doesn't really have the the same texture as if it were be uh just raw right mm-hmm. uh so it's really a, a neat effect yeah so that's gonna be so good so good, so good. I, I didn't think you could dehydrate cucumbers because aren't they mostly water yeah we're not going to dehydrate these cucumbers nope yeah oh. you, you know you could um actually i think no it was a zucchini the pizza crust that chris had right yeah zucchini but zucchini. yeah so we'll make the cucumber one that we can just eat like right now basically <laughs> and then we'll dehydrate the zucchini ones uh, and we'll have those for dinner tonight and of course this is really nice paired up with a a really big salad with like a greek dressing and all of these recipes can be found in the dude food book which i've got my dude food book out here so we can see the recipe and i want to show off this cool little stand that a friend got us for Christmas. It's just, you know, it's got different angles. So you can put your recipe book on it. I love how it folds up. You can fold it up so it'll go right in, you know, your cabinet with all of your other recipe books. But this is really nice. If you're making a recipe, sometimes it's nice just to have the book in front of you if you can get the uh, hard copies of, you know, your favorite recipe books. Mm-hmm. So I've got this opened up here so we can kind of 
tell you what the recipe is as we go along. And uh, yeah, let's get going. Yes. So also in the show notes, the link for the digital version of Dude Food is in there. Code is rawfood40 if you want to get 40% off any of the eBooks. The print versions, however, are on Amazon. Just search Dude Food Nathan Maris and you can get it on Amazon. Cheers. <laughs> so what we have here is we've got some cashews that we started soaking this morning for the show. So you want to make sure that you soak your nuts. It definitely helps out. And Lissa's, what Lissa's going to do is she's going to do up the cheese sauce. And the cheese sauce really is good with just the tamper. Sometimes you might need to do the, the tamping wand. If you have that in your blender, it really helps. And you don't really need a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she'll. I'll just pass you the ingredients for the cheese sauce. So we're starting with one cup of cashews that have been soaked for, you know, like I would say anywhere between four and eight hours is a good soak time. The longer you soak them, the creamier that your cheese will be. So you want to give it a good time. And then we've got half a cup of pine nuts, which will be delicious. And I'm just going to squeeze some lemon juice for this as well. And I'll put two tablespoons of nutritional yeast in there. We only need two tablespoons of lemon juice. So this looks to be about, maybe I'll go just a smidge more. There we go. So the lemon not, I, I always get a tummy ache when I eat nooch, Lisa. What can I do? Oh, oh man. No, that's a hard one. Nutritional yeast is so unique yeah. of a flavor. You, you can totally leave it out. It's not like, it's kind of an optional ingredient, but it gives it that cheesiness. And unfortunately there is really not much that can replace it. You could maybe put like more miso in to get that umami-ness to it, but sadly nothing really yeah. replaces nooch. It's really <laughs> tricky, but yeah, you don't have to put the nooch in. It'll still be delicious without it. I've also found um, a chunk of carrot can be kind of an okay option or like half of a bell pepper to give it that sharpness. Yeah. You could either try one of those two. That could be, it would change, obviously to change the recipe. Change, yeah, you may need but, to add as much water because mm -hmm. you know, you're adding something hydrating in there. Mm -hmm. But I know it's a bummer deal when there is people who can't enjoy some nooch. And, and nooch, honestly, like every time that I eat nooch, I do have a little wind coming out the south end a bit more so than if I didn't. <laughs> it's technically not raw, right? Because I know that, that, I mean, there are some raw people that wouldn't eat it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So what they do is they, it's like an active yeast, right? And they have to heat it to stop the yeast from growing so that they can package it and sell it and that kind of thing. So it isn't technically raw. Um, but a lot of raw foodies still use it like we do. It's not super often. Like we nooch like yeah, probably, I don't know, a couple maybe, times a month. Yeah, a few, maybe. a few times a month, probably. Mm -hmm. Sometimes would, we'll go months without it. Sometimes we'll eat it multiple times a week. It's sometimes really... I just want to sprinkle some on my salad. So I'll have some on my salad that way. But yeah, most of the time that we use it, it is a, it's in a recipe. Yeah, just to give it that cheesy flavor. But there are a few other ingredients that we use that aren't like legit raw, like smoked paprika, for example, is smoked above the raw temperature. Um, maple, syrup. maple syrup is heated. Coconut aminos well, are actually heated to stop fermentation because when coconut aminos first came on the market, I was working at the health food store and every time we'd order it, like eight out of the 12 bottles would be blown up and there'd be coconut aminos everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
And it was an actual raw product back then, but the company started to have to heat it to stop the fermentation so that they weren't wasting a lot of food and glass. Right. And even the cashews, cashews yeah, aren't technically too. raw, even if they are raw in the back package, the process that they've gone through to be in the package is, is a, it's a heat process. So, so there are a few things, but you know, <laughs> we are like super, 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 super high raw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and I always like to say, if someone's going to eat 70% or more of their calories from raw food, technically they're a raw foodie. I mean, if they're a raw food enthusiast. A raw, they food, enjoy a raw food. food enthusiast. Yeah. And of course the percentage rate of how raw people are, it is interesting because there are people who want to be strictly as close to 100% as they can. And listen, I have found that it's just not as enjoyable or as attainable to be 100% raw. So we're like 95%. Raw. <laughs> yeah. Or some days we are 100%, other days maybe not. Yeah. Like it's Today is not 100% raw because we do have the niche in there. We do have the cashews <laughs> in there. We're going to be using some smoked paprika. So, And I'm adding a third of a cup of water um, to this to get it to blend. And then just a smidge. Oh, yeah. Um, you can totally leave out the salt. You can you omit the salt. We have like yeah. just a pinch of salt in the cheese. Or you could add miso if you want to, but yeah, like it's totally optional. Yeah. Miso would probably be a little bit better of an option because at least it's a living food. But, so here we go. So there's the cheese sauce. Up. Okay, and then while she's getting that going, what I'll do um, is I'll get the stuff ready for the pesto. We're going to need some food processor. I'll ask your question, Marilyn, as soon as they stop blending. And uh, you're watching from France. Uh, bonsoir. It's late there, huh? Looking at myself. Yeah. That's a nice thick cheese. Look at that cheese. Um, Lisa, Mar Marilyn would like to know, could she use almonds or walnuts for the cheese? Yes. Um, almonds would probably be the best option um, because it would, it would end up being more like a ricotta style, like a chunky right. kind of a ricotta. Mm -hmm. uh, almond would be a really great option. I would recommend soaking the almonds though for about eight hours uh, because they're a bigger, harder nut. But yeah, almond would be excellent choice. Yeah, almond would be a good choice. Okay, so for the pesto, we've got about three cups of basil, which this was probably the most intensive part of today's prep was just <laughs> getting the basil leaves off of the stem. And I did keep a couple out. It's always nice to have a couple out that we can kind of put on top as decorations with some little ones. So three cups of pesto, I mean, uh, of uh, basil we're going to toss in there. And then we've got a tablespoon of miso. We'll also stick in there. Ooh, this cheese smells so good. So good. And then we're also putting two tablespoons of nutritional yeast in the pesto as well. But again, you can omit that. You don't have to put that in there. Now, we're not going to be blending this up for too long of a time. So I'm going to put some oregano in right now. But if you are using a high-speed blender and you want to add something like oregano, it's best to do that after the stuff is all blended up and then just pulse in the oregano because if you go too long sometimes it can turn a real like bitter taste then we've also got three cloves of garlic we're putting in here and i believe this is a third it's a third cup of pine nuts 
Now, of course, a pesto, I mean, really the pine nuts and the hemp seed, we also have hemp seed here, two tablespoons. It makes kind of a nice uh, texture um, for the pesto, but you know, if you want to use almonds or maybe you even want to use walnuts or something like that, something like that would be fine too. I would just suggest to soak those before you do it. So now that we have all of our ingredients in for the pesto, we're just going to blend this up. And actually what I need is I need just a little bit of water, just a smidge. So we're going to do two teaspoons of water. Actually, I'm going to go three, three teaspoons. And then we'll just pest, uh, blend this pesto up here. Maybe what I'll do is I'll have Lissa bring the camera over and then you can kind of see what this looks like. All right. Yeah, we might be able to. Coming get... over here. Woohoo. Is that? Yep, we're good. Okay. We're on the we're on the cord. All right. So now that we have all the goodies in there, I'm going to put the top on and just blend this up. Look at that. Well, what I'll do is I'll just take and kind of knock it off the walls here real quick and we'll give one more go. But, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Does everyone love our messy garlic station? <laughs> there we go. Pesto is done. All right. See how fast that was? That's yeah, really quick. Woo! Sorry for the jiggling. There we go. Now what we could do is we can just leave this in the food processor and scrape it out as we go. I just wanted to put that blade in the sink. I got a bowl of water in the sink. One cool thing with raw food, and I can't iterate this enough, is especially when you're doing stuff with no oil, is you don't really need a real intense dishwashing procedure. You can just pretty much use a, a rag with a little bit of soap, mild dish soap, and just rinse stuff off. So, but if you do it right away, get stuff rinsed right away, it's really nice because then you don't have to soak it. It doesn't crust on there. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Ooh, and it smells amazing. I love pesto so much. This is gonna be so good. Mm -hmm. All right. And then for our third part of the lasagna is the marinara. So for the marinara, we're going to use our other uh, blender jug. And we're going to start with five pitted medjool dates. Now, if you're using like the little deglet dates or smaller dates, you might need to add a couple, a couple extra because the medjools are pretty big. So if you're using the smaller, smaller dates, maybe put eight dates in there. It'll be really helpful for that. And then we've got one bell pepper. This is massive bell pepper. Big... I think we might only do half. <laughs> I don't know. We might be able to do, do it all. There's going to be a lot of marinara. We want a lot of marinara. The marinara, you want definitely like nice big layers of marinara. The cheese and the pesto, you can go nice and thin. Oh, it's so good though. That is a big one. It is a big one. <laughs> and while she does that up, what I'll do is I'll... Uh, peel the cucumber. We'll get that ready. This is going to be uh, for the lasagna noodle. And what we really like to do as much as we can, if we can't get the English cucumber, we can only get conventional, we'll get conventional. Um, but 
I really like the, the English cucumber because they're wrapped in the plastic. And of course it's extra plastic and that's kind of a bummer. But what's cool is there's no wax on these cucumbers. So if I get a conventional cucumber, if we're doing conventional cucumbers, what we do is we actually peel the cucumber. Um, and you know, there's a lot of nutrients in the actual skin of the cucumber. So if you can get English cucumbers, they're the best. Yes. And I've got a half a cup of sun-dried tomatoes that's going in there next, along with, um, the recipe calls for one Roma tomato, but you could probably do two like little Camparis or um, other kinds of, it's about, I think it's 50 grams is a usual Roma, but we're gonna put two Camparis in there. They're so good. We got two cloves of garlic. You can always add more if you want to. <laughs> um, and then we've got half a teaspoon of smoked paprika. There we go. And one teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. You could add a little more apple cider vinegar if you want to. Um, this helps to balance out the flavor in the marinara when it's raw. There we go. And that's that. It's a really super simple, easy recipe. Mm. Now, if you want it to be warm, you would blend this up for two minutes. And if you want, you could also, once you've blended it up and it's nice and warm, you could add maybe five or 10 leaves of basil to it to give it a little bit more of an authentic flavor, which let's, we could let's do. Let's do that. Okay, I'm gonna grab some. I love that. <laughs> I wanted to save some of the basil for some dessert uh, because one thing that we really like to do is we like to make a, banana ice cream with blueberries and basil. It's oh, so good. so good. Yeah, blueberries and basil is probably one of my most favorite combinations. Blueberry and basil, like what do you do with it? Make like an ice cream? And speaking of ice cream, how's your Ninja Creamy going, Nate? Oh my gosh, I'm deep in it right now. <laughs> I, I ordered um, more containers. Oh, nice. So we can make more at the, at the same time. So yeah, it is, it's coming along and I'm really excited for it. Of course, you know, I wish that it was done already, <laughs> but. Look at this, we've got the nice creamy. Yeah, so now we've got <laughs> six of those containers. Ah, uh, cool. It's gonna make it nice. And we're actually starting to put these recipes together. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Okay, so you're doing that there. What I'll do is I'll do the zucchini as well. So I did the, um, I'm gonna grab this peeler here. Right. It doesn't have the ridges. So we did the cucumber. The cucumber, they're just thin. I uh, was just using the peeler for these. And zucchini is the same way. Just kind of mandolin these up. All right, and I'm gonna add one cup of water to this because dates and tomatoes, the sun-dried tomatoes kind of soak up a lot of the water during the blending process because as the fibers are exposed, you know, they suck up all the water. So you might need to add a little extra water than one cup, but it really depends on how thick you want it, how long you blend it, how your blender's working. Um, so we'll start with one cup of water and then we will add water if we need to. Once it's blended, I'll add the basil and pulse the basil in so we get that nice and another thing that we're doing here is we've got the the BioChef container, so it's going to be vacuum blended, which really makes a huge difference in the marinara not being, uh, you know, kind of frothy. Now, if you don't have a vacuum blender, it's not a big deal. 
still works fine. But if you can get your hands on a vacuum uh, blender, they are amazing. And you're... <laughs> I know. It's like next level blending stuff with... Your smoothies. Flavors are deeper. Colors are deeper. There's more nutrition because there's less oxidation. And you can actually, yeah, you can actually seal the jar with a vacuum lid. Oh, and we got this really cool tool. Lisa just got this for me for Christmas. It, this is a vacuum sealer. And what's so cool is you can actually, there's two parts. This is for the small lids and you can just take this off and there's for the big lids. So you don't need a special lid. You can just use a regular standard um, metal lid and then just pop this on. This is rechargeable and vacuum seal your jars, which is so cool. So say if you make some smoothies or a juice, you can vacuum seal it, put that smoothie in the fridge and it'll taste good tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or even better, if you're making salad dressings or maybe you want to seal up the pesto in a jar under vacuum, the less air that is gonna be in contact with your stuff, the better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, I'm gonna blend. You guys are so cute. If you guys have any questions, just drop it in the chat. All right. So as you can see, it's like it, it was getting really thick, which is what you want. You want to have a nice thick marinara. So check this out. Oh, it's so good. Ooh, how red and delicious that is. Mm. So I'm going to add the fresh basil to it and I'll just pulse the basil in. To the dressing. Oh, you know, one thing I forgot to put into that pesto water too was the black pepper. Oh, we'll just crack some right on top. Here. <laughs> and I'm not re vacuuming this because I'm just going to blend it for about two seconds or so. That's it. That's all. Very good. This marinara. I mean, it all smells so good. Every time we make something, we're like, this is our favorite. I know. <laughs> really. That's when you know you love your food, when everything you make is your favorite thing. <laughs> no, I do wanted you, to say that about this. Do you ever make it in advance and like freeze it, the marinara, just so you have it? Um, we haven't done that. And I think the reason being is because it would be harder to like, we'd have to thaw it and then, and then re-blend it. I'm not sure. I, I, I bet you could. Yeah, I bet but... you probably could. There is a little water in there, so it might kind of crystallize a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is one, one way to go about it. Cause you know, it does save you some extra steps. I don't know. Like, I almost feel like you could probably make it faster than you would than it would take to <laughs> thaw it and, and get it uh, ready. Right, look at this marinara that we have here. 
It's got a little bit of basil in there. And you could also add other things to it. Like if you wanted to put oregano, you could. Um, if you wanted to add a jalapeno Ooh. to there to make it a spicy marinara, you could do that as well. You could also marinate mushrooms. Like you could thinly slice mushrooms, marinate them in like lemon juice, garlic, grated garlic. And, uh, and you could the put them in there. Yeah. And the dude food right there next to it has chunky. See the chunky mixture? Oh, yes. The chunky mixture. You could totally add the chunky. Yeah. And if you have leftover, because we'll have leftover after making these, maybe. We'll see. Um, but you could always use it on a zucchini noodle dish the next day. Or you could put it inside a wrap and have a pizza wrap. Oh, <laughs> good. So good. Okay. So now... What we're going to do is we're going to start putting some of this together. The cucumber noodle. I'm thinking I can have Melissa. She can do up a cucumber noodle while I do a zucchini noodle. And we can kind of put two of these together at the same time. Yes. And we can bite into one like right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so well, let's get some other spoons here. Perfect. Yeah. And then here's your cucumbers. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the way that I like to do this is I like to start with the noodle on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And they're so thin, these slices, you could actually double up some of the slices if you like. Here, let's go in close for Nate here. Okay. Yeah, and as you can see, look at how thin they are. They're almost kind of transparent. So I'm going to actually... I bought extra uh, zucchinis just for this fact because I really kind of like it. Uh, I like having it kind of thick with noodle. So there we go. There's our first layer. So first layer, what we can do is we can take a little bit of pesto and just kind of give it a thin sheen over this bottom here. And the pesto kind of uh, softens up because of the moisture of the zucchini. And this is such powerful flavor, you don't need a lot. So a real thin layer is perfect. And we're gonna, of course, you know, make many layers. So there we go. Maybe we'll get just a smidge more here, there. All right, so then the second layer, we're gonna go with some more noodles. This noodle layer, I'm going to just do the one layer of noodles. Well, hello, boy. <laughs> Jai wants to hang out too. Uh, do, do your cats like raw vegan food? They, uh, they love uh, some things like honeydew. Yeah, honeydew melon, they go crazy for the juice at the bottom of the melon. Raja loves persimmons. Like he will, <laughs> he will climb trying to get the persimmons so after we get the uh you know we, we get as much after the out of the persimmon as we can we'll give him uh the, the rest and he can just he just goes to town on it it's so cute so there's our layer of cheese just thin layers because we want multiple layers here and as you can see our zucchinis here are kind of getting thinner because you know when you're peeling them sometimes they they uh depending on where, where you're at on the zucchini, can be kind of thin. And I also did kind of some thinner layers here. Perfect. Now what we'll do is we'll go with some of our sauce. 
And of course the sauce is amazing. And you can kind of go thicker with the sauce. We made a little extra sauce. Mm. That's a, got a few questions for you from it's about the do you, uh, do you have a link for the vacuum jar sealer on your Amazon storefront? Um, I think I do in mine. I don't have it on mine yet. No, so yeah, yeah. we'll add it. We'll add it. So yeah, definitely go there. It would be under the kitchen tools section. I believe it's in my store, but we'll have to add it to Nate's so that it's in there. But you can always send Nate a direct message. Sure, and I can on just, Instagram. And I can send, send you the link. link directly. Now, some of you might know some better ways have you know better ways to spread this. I just use the spatula. I think if we mix the lemon juice in it, it might yeah. be more watery. So kind what we're thinner. gonna do. We're gonna add some lemon juice. That's a great idea because we actually have a little bit extra here. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, that would be perfect. Perfect. And then we'll mix it up so it's a little bit thinner and easier to spread. Yeah, because it is a really thick batch. Eliana wants to know, oh, Eliana is saying that you gave her the best advice on how to clear acne face, that you're an angel, Lissa. Oh, very cool. And can you tell us what the advice is? I'm guessing maybe it has something to do with not eating so much overt fats or oils. Yes, that's probably <laughs> that's probably it. Um, I would like to know what she did specifically, um, but high hydration, low fat, high raw or all raw. I mean, that's what worked for me. And also gut microbiome growth, like the the high amount of different fibers that I was eating in uh, my diet, like greens galore, sprouts, and of course, fruit and everything. I was eating a lot of those fibers. So in turn, that healed my gut microbiome and your skin health is directly related to your gut health as well. So it would be interesting to hear what her, what she says. <laughs> yeah. And there's a question, how often do you eat cooked food? You know, I'm the only one that actually eats any cooked food. Lissa doesn't eat any cooked food. And I have, when I do cooked food, I normally do steamed carrots and broccoli. And that might be like once a month or so, sometimes maybe twice a month, but that's it. Yeah, I haven't had any, I don't really like, it's not something that I want. So I, I eat what I want and I want the raw. So that's, <laughs> yeah, and, that's the beauty. Like we eat what we want. Yeah. And I, I love steamed broccoli. I came to, I didn't have any cooked foods for the first six and a half years. And just this last year, um, I started to incorporate some of that steamed broccoli and it was just because I just really missed it. And, you know, so it is really nice to have. And of course, another cool thing I like to do is actually cut up some raw broccoli to put on the steamed broccoli, like chop up the raw broccoli real fine. So sprinkle on some raw broccoli onto the steamed broccoli. But man, it is so good. I just love some steamed broccoli. And that's another thing that I'll put the nooch on, actually. Yeah. I'll put a little nutritional yeast on that steamed broccoli. There's a question. Can you explain high raw and other common variations? So honestly, like the the whole label thing is interesting to us. Like high raw can mean 
as much raw as you want. And like the whole percentage thing, like one person is going to say 90% or higher is high raw. And another person is going to say 60% or higher is high raw or, you know, like, so it's really what works for you. What, where do you want to go? But high raw just means predominantly everything you eat is raw and you might have like a little bit of cooked things here or there, maybe throughout the month, maybe during the day. Like it really is so different depending on who you ask. Yeah. And I mean, some people will have like some steamed potato on their salads, say, or even some beans. Like I've seen people put some garbanzo beans or black beans on their salad and Hey, at least they're eating a big, huge salad. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, we can really get stuck up on these labels and, and then that can kind of mess us up too. Maybe we're not eating enough because we want to stay a hundred percent raw or super, super high raw. And then we're, we're, we're hungry, but we, we don't want to eat anything cooked like some potatoes or some beans or something or some oatmeal or something. And maybe we're, you know, under eating because of the fact that we're trying to stay I'm saying we as in people, not, you know, Lisa and I, mm -hmm. but it's so important if you're, if you're choosing to eat all raw or mostly raw, you have to eat. I mean, it's same with vegan too. Like you have to eat food. Well, Otherwise your body is going to start eating itself. And it's, and it's really the same with any diet. Yeah. Any diet. <laughs> I mean, if you're eating junk food, but you're not eating enough, you're still not eating enough. Yeah. It's. It, it definitely what's what's so cool with raw food and i think the reason that both Liz and i are so enthusiastic about raw foods is just because you feel so good and then of course making stuff is really fun but like i said for people who want to incorporate more raw into their life that's really that's just i mean you can't go wrong and it's not like it's all or nothing this is bad that's good or, or prerequisites, like you don't have to do certain things to eat more raw food. Like you can just eat raw food. Just eat raw just food. Just enjoy it. Yeah, just add have fun. More. Have fun with it. And I, you can add as many layers to this as you want. <laughs> I think I might stop after this layer. <laughs> this is so good. Mm -hmm. I want to dig into this right now. So yeah, we don't, Lisa and I both don't really eat, uh, dishes that are this involving all the time you know a lot of times what we're having is we're having big huge salads smoothies and, and now the wraps <laughs> and then yeah the wraps the wraps tacos we have tacos quite frequently now too um but yeah like i said we haven't made this in like a year and every time that we do i'm like why are we not making this everything that we make though that is a little out of the ordinary i'm like why are we making this more right <laughs> like we were talking about doing some sushi again some nori wraps and you know same thing you make them and you're like oh we need to have this once a week and so of course it'd be so nice if we had someone preparing it for us because you know we're just like everybody else we don't always want to be in the kitchen making food for ourselves right so Jennifer says she finds it very challenging to be raw in the winter, especially if you live in a cold climate. Do you have any advice? Mm. I sure do. <laughs> so my first five winters were in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where it regularly gets to be minus 40, minus 30, and it's cold. It snows like seven months out of the year. We don't get the greatest produce. 
Um, but my top tips for raw in the winter, obviously, number one is your why. Why do you want to eat this way? So you really have to ask yourself every single day, why do I want to choose raw food? Why am I doing this? What about it is um, there? The second tip, and it's probably the most important tip, is to eat enough calories. Because if you are not eating enough, your metabolism downregulates. And because there's two, there's so many people who I encounter and I coach who are eating like 800 to 1200 calories a day and they're severely under eating and they get, they get cold because their metabolism slows down. So eating enough is critical for um, maintaining higher body temperature, maintaining a healthy metabolism. And unless you're actually tracking it, like what you're eating, which takes you know, you, you really have to be mindful every single time you get, you know, you're, you're eating something, type it into chronometer or something like chronometer. And you can actually see what you are eating because some individuals are like, I eat so much food. And then when we actually dig into like exactly what they're eating, we're like, wow, you're only hitting 1600 calories because what you're eating, there's not a lot of, you know, maybe they're not eating a lot of fat or they're not eating a lot of fruit maybe. Uh, so man, it is so important to track what you're actually eating. So you really have a good idea. And after you know, a week or two of tracking, you could pretty much eyeball stuff. You're like, Oh, I had three bananas that's 300 calories. And you can start adding some stuff up because depending on your height, you know, and your, your weight, activity like level. Your, yeah, your activity level, mm-hmm. your caloric intake is going to, you know, vary, but man, that's the part I feel like is that's, that's the part that really messes people up when they go raw, especially, or if they go plant-based and they're excluding processed foods and animal foods is not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's people with, you know, eating uh, disordered eating patterns that are eating junk food and they, they don't eat enough. Some, you know, some of them and mm-hmm. it really is, you know, but yeah, like Lisa says, that's the biggest thing to keep yourself warm. She was in Canada. It's freezing cold <laughs> in Canada for like nine months out of the year. And she yeah, just kept her more, one more layer of cucumber. Maybe, uh, maybe here, this one. Okay. I'll just do one more, but yeah. So the other tips that I have is so number one, eat enough. Number two, use the blender. Like if you blend a soup for two minutes on high, it warms it up. Um, number three is to not eat everything right out of the fridge or freezer, like making cold smoothies or eating cold salads. Like when I was in Canada, I would take my food out and I just leave it on the counter so it would be, it would come to room temperature and I would have a room temperature salad. So I wasn't eating anything hot, but I also wasn't eating anything cold for the most part. I'd have still like nice cream and smoothies and stuff. But what I found is with smoothies specifically, if you blend frozen fruit, the smoothie is cold in the entire body. But if you blend fresh fruit and you add ice cubes to it, then it's just cold up here and not in the body. So that's a really great tip too. Obviously, exercise, yeah. um, or, using the dehydrator. Yeah, I was gonna say using the dehydrator and making soups. Yeah. Soups are really nice. You just want something thick and creamy. You can blend it for two minutes in your high-speed blender and it actually warms it up. And while you're getting the, the soup ready, a cool trick is to throw your bowl, well, you know, set your bowl in your dehydrator. <laughs> And warm up your bowl while you make your soup. That way, when the soup's ready out of the blender, you grab your warm bowl and you pour your warm soup and you're holding something warm there too. And then, you know, this is not someone who really enjoys tea. I, I enjoy some tea from time to time. So even just some like warm ginger and lemon or lime water mm-hmm. uh, can be kind of nice to kind of warm you up as well. 
And sometimes in Canada too, I would, I like, I've always wanted to be a tea person. I just don't drink it if I make it. Um, but sometimes I would just warm up a cup of warm water and just sit with just the warm water, just holding it was really nice. And, but exercise is really important too. If you're not exercising, then you, that also can stimulate your metabolism and get the circulation going. But, so yeah. now I'm seeing that both of ours are starting to kind of like pool up a little bit of moisture because with the uh, acidity in the tomatoes, it starts to pull out the moisture out of the, the uh, zucchini. Um, so I'm just gonna take and just kind of drip a little bit over the trash here. Ooh, this is going to be so good. so good. I really want to like eat this right now, but this one has to go in the dehydrator. Yeah, we're going to Okay. Do so um, what we'll do is we'll put these here real quick, kind of show you what they look like. Lissa's completing hers over there. This oh, one here is mine. That's gorgeous. Quick question from Lynn. Is leaving veggies in hot water for two minutes considered raw? Or if you put them in boiling water, does that? Um, anything under 115 degrees Fahrenheit is considered raw. So warm water is totally cool. Boiling is is hotter. It's like 212. So yeah. I wouldn't use boiling, but we use we use warm water to uh, thaw our frozen yeah. veggies and stuff. Yeah, warm water, water, it's still raw. Yeah. Really like, it's interesting. It'd be so cool to have studies where they can actually see the the, you know, the enzymes and, you know, whatever it would be that is diminishing in the food where we'd know the exact temperature, but we know that steaming is going to be the, the uh, most optimum way to kind of cook your vegetables, so to speak, because it's not sitting in water. It's not leaching out the minerals into the water. Um, and, you know, it's a great way to, to heat up your vegetables and get them. Like, like I said, I, I love to eat two carrots and like a whole crown of broccoli steamed with some some uh, pepper, maybe a little bit of uh, crushed garlic on there and some nutritional yeast sometimes. And it'd be hard for me to eat that much raw, two whole carrots and a whole entire crown of broccoli. So steaming it is great. But if you boil, boil is another way to go, but of course the, the temperature is so much hotter because you know boiling temperature is like 200 and I don't know what is it 200 is it 220 i think 212 is boiling is it 212 yeah. yeah there's the cucumber one Woohoo! Ooh, you got the cheese on the top All i right. did i put a dollop of cheese on the top because why not mm, I'm so look at that deliciousness so we'll put this one in the dehydrator okay oh let's let's share what's in the dehydrator mm. we made these last night look at there <laughs> so for those who know the wraps, these are the everything but the bagel wraps, but we added two teaspoons of blue spirulina to the wrap to make them blue. So we have blue wraps going on oh, here. So good. <laughs> so good. That's very cool. Isn't that fun? Well, there it was, pesto. So what is it, 248? Like I said, you know, if you're focused, and you just want to get it done. And, you know, maybe you're not trying to have stuff, you know, presentable necessarily. You're just making a nice quick dish for yourself. You should probably do this in 30 minutes. Yeah. And then obviously you can save the cheese sauce. You can add it to other salads or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the okay. marinara you can use for. Let's, I'm going to get you guys in here so you can see her cut the piece here. 
And okay. Are we ready? I'm so ready. Oh yeah. Look at that. Oh, that is a work of art. Oh True. my gosh. So good. Okay, there we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man. Is it just explosive? Mm -hmm. Explosive flavors. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't uh -huh. I can't film you having another bite. I need to have a bite. Yes, you need <laughs> to have a bite. Oh, oh man. I'll go this side. Okay. Yeah, it's so fun. Oh. That's that's another thing that's really cool. Just raw food is just really fun. And the, the cleanup is quick and easy. And it just tastes great. Very hydrating. It's perfect. Ah, oh, it is so good. <laughs> yeah. That looks amazing. Jennifer says she only has green spirulina. Is there blue? I've seen it. They use it in, in uh, Jamba Juice. Mm -hmm. So here is the one that we use. It's from Terrasol Blue Spirulina Powder. And it's really fine. It's a very fine powder. It gets everywhere, but it's like super, super, super blue. Completely natural from the sea, Terrasol. Uh, um, if, if anyone has us on Instagram, um, if you send either of us a link, we can send you a link to get these. Also, it it's from, in the store. Doesn't it come from some lakes too? Or that's the that's the uh, that's the blue green, uh, blue green one, yeah, which isn't the same. It's so incredible. And you know, of course, like the way the blue wrap looks is just so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. And you're getting those those phycocyanins. Antioxidants. Antioxidants. Good for, you know, keeping us healthy, fighting those free radicals that are constantly doing their thing. Right? Mm. This is incredible. Yeah. So good. Mm. And we've got enough to make another one. And now we got extra zucchini because we also want to make another one, which we might not do on the show. I can start peeling at least. But, um, and then, you know, like I said, pairing this up with a, like a Greek salad, you know, uh, like uh, if you do the Greek, it's like a, the date based. It's a very low fat dressing because yeah. this is kind of a higher fat meal with the, the cheese and the pesto. But Oh man. But as you can see, we made two lasagnas and we still have plenty of cheese left. So it's not like you're using a ton. You don't need a lot. But it's just for the extra bonus flavor. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. I hope that you guys can get to make this. And Chef AJ, when we come and visit, we're going to have to put together a good list of stuff that we'll make so we can make some delicious Oh, exactly. that, that's going to be amazing. Um, I'm going to be going to Orange County this weekend for a memorial. I'm going to be eating at a oh. vegan restaurant that I haven't eaten at um, in over a year. And it was originally a raw restaurant called Sun Cafe and, and they make nachos. They're raw and they use jicama as the as the chip. Nice. Uh, it's a really it's like the one high fat meal, like really high fat because the 
you know, the sour cream is fat, the guacamole is fat. The, the cheese sauce doesn't have fat, actually. Uh, the chorizo is made out of uh, sunflower seeds. So I'll be thinking of you guys Saturday night. Mm. Oh, my God. So that good. sounds amazing. That sounds incredible. So, but the thing is, the restaurant's been sold. So my friend, who was the former owner, Chef Ron Russell, lives across the corner and goes, I'll meet you there. Make sure you get what you need. Um, nice. Gina, Gina wants to know, is blue uh, more uh, healthy than green spirulina? You know, I wouldn't say more healthy. I would say different healthy because everybody's always like, what's the best? What's the best? What's the best? But it's like, it's more about having more variety to get like a broader range of nutrition. So I wouldn't say either one is better than either or. I would just say it's it's beneficial to have some of both yeah. because then you're just, you're getting bonus nutrition from another source. So it's a different cyanide, yeah. a cyanin. Yeah, it's a different kind of cyanin. <laughs> this is so good. There's a question about frozen peas. Do you eat them? Can you eat them? Do you thaw them? Do you warm them? Do you That's eat them great... in a moat? Do you eat them in a moat? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. And we love shelled peas that are raw and frozen. And we keep them in the freezer and we just thaw them in some warm water. And they are so good. Mm. So that's that's one thing. And we've only been able to find these this particular style at mm. the high at Trader Joe's. Oh, they did. They did. Okay, that's a win for them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. We have seen them at Smith's. Yes. We did see them there once, but those are the only places that we've seen the shelled raw peas. And we just freeze them. Like as soon as we get home, we throw them in the freezer so they're not blanched or or pasteurized and then so they're technically raw because freezing is a raw food technique but it's freezing without doing the whole like processing heat and everything yeah like flash pasteurizing them mm -hmm. yeah but peas are great um it's and great protein huh. we'll be putting some peas in our dinner tomorrow we're going to do a ramen tomorrow mm -hmm. we're going to do some mushrooms some peas uh some onions bell peppers and we're going to marinate oh broccoli we're going to marinate all that up together real good and then dehydrate it for a little bit. And oh my gosh, I cannot wait for those peas. That's actually one of the, th the peas and the mushrooms are one of my favorite parts mm -hmm. of that particular meal. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Um, Marnie's wants to know what temperature in the dehydrator and how long? Uh, 115 is the temperature we usually set ours at exclusively. We don't really change the temperature unless we're going out for many hours, sometimes we'll lower it to like 90 or a hundred, but it's pretty rare. Um, so 115 and for the lasagna specifically, you could just leave it in the dehydrator until it's the desired consistency that you like. We usually put it in for like two, maybe three hours ish. And then, but it's really ready to eat right away. Cause it's, yeah, we just like to warm it up in the dehydrator and condense the tomato sauce and everything gets like more intense. <laughs> so good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's that. Great. So don't leave. Got a couple more questions. Oh, yes, yes, please. Uh, uh, yeah, Gina wants to know, are frozen veggies that you buy in the store considered raw? Mm. Another great question. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the company. Most vegetables that you buy frozen are pasteurized. But there are a few companies that I've heard recently, I think Wyman's, I'm not sure, they don't. But for the most part, companies flash pasteurize with heat 
to protect the consumer from potential bacteria like E. coli, salmonella, that kind of thing. So it's basically a safety procedure that companies need to go through to sell their products in mass scale in the grocery stores. But if you freeze it yourself, it's totally considered raw. So Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it is an amazing technique, freezing your vegetables, like say carrots. Carrots are pretty hardy. And, and celery too. Yeah, and celery. And when you freeze it and then thaw it, the texture is just so nice. It's almost like it's been steamed, lightly steamed. Mm -hmm. Is a question from Robert. Do you guys take any supplements and are supplements raw? Mm, another great and question. Great, you guys have great questions. So supplements, unless it says raw on the bottle, it's not raw. There is like Garden of Life has raw supplements. Um, it just means they're not heated. And we take on occasion B12 and vitamin D. We really don't take it daily. It's not um, regularly, but we do strive to take B12 at least once a month. <laughs> and it should be great to do something like that, like maybe every Sunday, good preventative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also we recommend people get their blood tested because... We don't need to take it every day because our blood tests show like higher than mid range for B12. So I personally don't feel like I need to take it every day. If my blood tests show it getting lower, then I would start to take it more often. But I mean, I've been raw now over nine years and my B12 is really high and I don't supplement super often, but I do supplement once in a while with B12 and D, but we've got the sun. B12 and D are environmental vitamins. They're not because a vegan diet is lesser than. It's because we don't have access to wild soils and wild earth where we naturally would get B12, the bacteria that makes B12. And we're not out in the sun a lot. Like most of us live in cities, in houses, we work in offices, we spend a lot of our time driving in a car, like we don't have that access to the sun. And plus, depending on where you live, if you're more north, you're making less vitamin D, even if you're in the sun. So it's really an environmental vitamin. And it's our modern life that's deficient, not necessarily the diet. So yeah. we got every single person needs to make sure that their vitamin levels are appropriate for them and to supplement according to what their blood tests show. Another really good thing to supplement with too is to have like a half of a Brazil nut in your uh, dressing, like blend it up in your dressing or just grate it on top of a, on we could actually here, let's grab a Brazil nut and we'll grate it right on top of our lasagna, kind of like a little Parmesan, but that's, that's a great source of selenium. And that is, uh, they're in the the pantry there mm -hmm. but brazil nuts we try to get at least one of those i mean realistically to just hit hit our numbers we should each be having a half of a brazil nut each a day uh, but we don't really stick with you know doing it every single day uh, but that's a great thing to add and then of course iodine is really important too or iodine however you want to say it and sea vegetables are a great source of iodine um, of course, you could get like a tincture and you could, uh, or tincture and you could have a tincture of some iodine, but yeah, so essentially it's B12, vitamin D, K2, the vitamin K2. Yeah, we I was looking the, for the natto powder. It's right up in this cupboard. 
other one, little jar. All right. So K2, which is, um, it's, it's just a fermented uh, soybean. Well, yeah, so it's natto. It's actually like, it's not a soybean though, is it? Is it a soybean? Yeah, it's natto is fermented soy. And it's fermented with a different kind of bacteria than say miso or tempeh. And what happens in here is that the vitamin K is created by the bacteria. So bacteria actually create vitamin K2. And usually if we have the bacteria to do so in our colons, whenever we eat leafy greens or anything that has K1, which is pretty abundant in a raw diet, then those bacteria will convert it into K2. And that's how the animals that people eat have K2 in it because the animals bacteria produces the K2 for them. So natto is the highest source of vitamin K2. And we have this freeze-dried natto powder. So good. And the link for it is in the like food section of my Amazon store. Um, and we just add like maybe a quarter teaspoon or whatever to our dressings. You can't really taste it you can't at all. Taste it. And natto is a very strong, mm -hmm. uh, distinguishable taste. And it's not something that I myself really enjoy. So having the uh, dried version like that is really nice because, yeah, like she said, we can just add it into a dressing and you don't even really know it's there, mm -hmm. but you're getting that good K2. So that's another one. So we've got, you know, just to reiterate again, we've got B12, vitamin D, vitamin K2, selenium, really important. Mm -hmm. uh, Brazil nut is a great way to get your selenium and um, iodine. Yeah, iodine from sea vegetables. That's a great whole so, food source to so get. The only, the only actual like pill supplement essentially is the B12. Pretty much, yeah. Because yeah. D you should be getting from the sun. If you're not, then you could take a pill. But... Or, or you can get like a spray. Yeah, spray. So it's like easier to absorb. So Brazil nut, here, you want to, I'll sure. get the camera here so they can see. Let's see, I'll show you guys this, what this looks like here. It's really fun. Really simple. Yeah. So just take a, a lemon zester and just grate your Brazil nut on top of your sap. Oh, oh my goodness. Hold on. Jiminy Christmas. I think the noise of the grater was like freaked him out. But yeah, look at that. Doesn't that look like some Parmesan cheese on there? That's, that's very cool. Hey, I see another question for you guys. And it is, what are the benefits of raw versus whole food plant-based, no sofas, sugar, oil, flour, alcohol, sauce, salt, not sauce, salt, trying to learn their thoughts. I'm curious. And as a, I don't think you guys do flour, alcohol, sugar, oil anyway, and you do very little salt. So, hmm. so on my YouTube channel and on Nate's YouTube channel as well, shortly, he should have it up. We have, um, over an hour long presentations on the benefits of a raw food diet. So anyone is more than welcome to go watch those. Um, we put them together as our final project for the school that we attended last year called Mastering Raw Food Nutrition with Drs. Rick and Karen Dina. Um, their website is rawfoodeducation.com. And it's a year long program. You meet every Tuesday. You uh, have quizzes and it's, it's a really, really, really thorough program. But when it comes to raw food, I would say my personal favorite benefits of it is that it's hydrating, easier to digest. Um, 
it's less prep work. I've depending on what you make, obviously, because right. you can cook really intensive meals and you can make really intensive raw meals. It really depends on what you choose to make. Yeah. The, the but, biggest thing I would say is just how it's being processed mm -hmm. when it's cooking, when, when, when you're cooking it, because there's certain things that there's certain things that can happen depending on how it's being cooked. Like a lot of people fry stuff up with maybe some oil, but if you're not using oil, you're just using water in a pan and you're frying stuff up like sauteing onions and garlic and that sort of thing. It actually like changes the, the structure of, of the molecule essentially. So that's where it's interesting. And some people really like to do like grilling or broiling or baking and these sorts of things bring the food to such a high temperature that it actually starts to create, I hate to say the word toxin, but it actually starts to create these, these toxic molecules in the food. So with raw food, you really have no chances of getting that kind of stuff in you, mm -hmm. aside from what you're breathing in the air, you know, outside, right. you know, like a, a fire or something like mm -hmm. that. And yeah, so yeah, it is true in the scientific literature, they're actually called cooked food They're called toxins. cooked food toxins, which sounds really... I know, like, scary, oh, but... Yeah, like for example, a really good one and really easy for most people to understand is frying or air frying like above, I mean, anything above 248 degrees Fahrenheit starts to change the molecules of the food that we're eating. And especially things like you're baking at like 450 or whatever, that can create acrylamides and starches yeah. or acrylamide. Acrylamide. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got, uh, you know, it's just, it, these are the things that you don't want to have in your in your life, really. I mean, on, on the level that we are consuming, you know, baked potato, you think of, or even toast, even just making some toast, actually, there you're getting uh, acrylamide just from, from the toast. Yeah, it's that, it's the burnt crispy part. Yeah. And it's like caramelized. There's the advanced glycation end products that happen at higher temperatures. So that's why steaming and boiling are the safest methods for cooking because it's under that 248 degrees but Fahrenheit. What's really interesting is there's that new study that came out, which was really fascinating. It's it's called You Are What You Eat. And they take like 22 sets of twins, identical twins, and they put one on a, on a very clean omnivorous diet, meaning they're eating a lot of plants, but they're eating animal products as well. And then one on a plant exclusive diet or a vegan diet. And it was really interesting to see the difference between these two identical twins in an eight-week period. And one of the things that really stands out is that the aging process mm -hmm. is actually slowing down. We have these things called telomeres. And the telomere actually, you know, depending on how short it is, you know, you're, you're aging faster. You don't maybe live. You're not going to live as long. And the longer your telomeres are, the slower you're going to age and the longer you're going to live. Now, some people don't want to live very long, right? So it doesn't really matter, but it's interesting to note that if you're striving for longevity and you want to slow down the aging process, raw food is definitely going to give you a leg up there. So that's, that's one reason that really inspires me to stay raw is like, mm -hmm. Hey, I am getting older and I want to be able to go do active things and I want less inflammation. I want less of these toxins in my life. So what can I do? I can make stuff like this. It tastes amazing. And of course, it's not very calorically dense. So we're going to have to eat more. And I love to eat. So I'll <laughs> eat a massive salad, a whole thing of lasagna. Heck, you could eat two of these lasagnas. And, you know, depending on your layers, you know, the, like you saw what was in it. It's, mm. you know, there is some, there is some fats in there. It's interesting because I, I imagine, you know, 
for the individuals watching this show, they do know about facts and such, but for the average individual that is out in the world, this would seem extremely low fat and healthy. But, you know, right. as someone who understands, uh, you know, fat intake, this is actually kind of a higher fat meal, this lasagna, because of the cashews, the pine nuts, and the hemp seeds that's involved. But but that's why you'd want to balance it out throughout the day with low fat options. Yeah, so, so if you have, you know, if you're having your low fat mm. breakfasts, you know, smoothies, or maybe you do like oats, overnight oats, or chia pudding and that kind of stuff. Um, and then you have a big salad for lunch and then dinner, you have something with a little bit more higher fat with along with a nice. So tonight we'll do a Greek salad uh, mm -hmm. to pair up with our others that we'll eat. But that's kind of one of the reasons that, you know, one of the things that I think of between the difference of the two. So it depends on how you process your food, though. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. If, and also a lot of whole food plant-based diets have already a lot of raw in them. They have a lot of right? raw in them. And a lot of it's really interesting how many... Um, plant-based meals there are and recipes there are that call for so much oil mm. man there's just like yeah. so much oil oil and everything like I love seeing people make stuff that's you know there's no animal products involved like they're making potatoes smashed potatoes and brussels sprouts but they're just yeah. dousing the oil on this and you know as we understand how the body processes oils and these oils are high in omega-6 they're not very you know they're they're more rigid so that's going to help us age prematurely it's gonna you know, in, you know induce inflammation and these sorts of things mm -hmm. so as much as we can kind of exclude oils that's why Alyssa and I both we don't use oil there's like no need to have any oil in anything really mm -hmm. uh, but it's so fascinating how someone could be eating a very clean plant exclusive diet, but it could still be not as optimum because of the amount of oil or salt that is being used. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Thank you. And what do you do with your kale stems? Oh, the, oh. these are the zucchini uh, and, and, uh, and um, cucumber here, but the kale stems themselves, we have juiced them before, um, but a lot of times we just compost them. Yeah, that's not really, I mean, you could, if you really wanted to use them, my personal favorite way, if I was to do it, I've never done this before, but I would chop it into little pieces and I'd freeze it to add to a raw soup yeah. later or something like that. They're but, really fibrous. Yeah, they're pretty fibrous. So <laughs> one thing you could do is you could steam them. Right. You steam could them. totally if you wanted to. <laughs> a light steam. Well, hmm. guys. Um, Don, uh, Joyce says, does air frying create toxins? Dr. Gregor sent me an article saying only if you air fry sardines. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, that's interesting. cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah this, because we were, I mean, from what we've learned is anything like, you know, the really, really high temperatures are interacting, but if he's got the research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what? I'll write myself a note and I'll search for that article and I will yes, send please it. do. It'd be I, cool. no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you All think right. air frying, like I know Instapot is, you know, it's a uh, under pressure mm -hmm. and it's kind of a, you know, it, it's like a combination between like a slow cooker and a pressure cooker. So that's a really good way to like cook up stuff. We don't have an air fryer and we don't, I know it's interesting because there's so much to research. That's something to research though. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like, you know, what, you know, and how, how are you air frying? What it is you're air frying? Are you air frying, say, if you're air frying cauliflower, let's say, you know, is there 
oil on there or butter on there, like a vegan butter or something. And then of course, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know. Like that's something that we got to dig into. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, guys, this was a beautiful dinner. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And thank you for having us on again. We love it. And we look forward to it every month. I wish you could taste <laughs> soon. I So do I. Well, you guys are the best and I can't wait till I see you. Actually, I haven't met you in person. I feel like I have, but I can't huh? wait to see you. <laughs> this year. Soon, May. That's right. Oh my God. I'll just pay you to cook for me or uncook for me. For a <laughs> we'll make you lots of wraps to, and tacos, all kinds of good stuff. Oh man. I, I haven't made your particular recipe, but it sounds amazing with a uh, cooked sweet potato in the wrap. Oh. oh my God. It's so good. I mean, any, anything in a wrap is good. Well, you guys are everybody watching that has your wrap book says they're the best. And I told you they're making them a true North now. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. That is, that is such, so cool. That's like the biggest, biggest honor and the biggest shout out. A compliment. Yeah. Huge, huge compliment. Hey, well, you know, only two hours away when you visit, you go down there and, you know, and show them how it's done. Yeah, <laughs> right? That would be fun. That'd be so, that would be so cool. Right. Well, these were great, these 12 episodes. You guys should watch all of them. We should actually bundle it all together. Take That's it That's a good idea. Sure. Bundle it together. Bundle it up. Why not? I'm sending you the file each month. Well, thanks, guys. It was a wonderful presentation. It looks absolutely delicious. Enjoy your dinner, lunch, whatever you want to call it, meal. Thank you. We will. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love y'all. Sweethearts. Thanks. And we love you, too, for watching. And thanks, all of you, for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time for a brand new show with a brand new regular guest. He is a world-famous electrocardiophysiologist, cardiologist, plant-based, of course, from Houston, Texas, Dr. Baxter Montgomery. And tomorrow, he's going to talk about the power of integrative medicine and how you can heal your heart, your kidneys, and your liver. Thanks for watching, everyone. Bye-bye. Cool. Mm -hmm.